Well, hey guys, Bill Santos back here again with another EMP Oakville Job Development Tips podcast. Hey, remember to check out our website at empoakville.com and uh, find out about all the great training we're offering on Zoom. Um, Same quality training. You get a nice digital manual uh, in a PDF format and you can do all of the training and you never have to leave your home. And so for many organizations, it's a great way to um, get their staff trained um, and stay within budget. And so, yeah, give, reach out to us at info at empoakfield.com. You know, if you're dealing with some budget issues, I mean, we can talk about that. I mean, our practice has traditionally been that, you know, that lack of money should not prevent folks from taking the training. And so uh, we can always work something out. So reach out to us at info at empoakfield.com. That's E-M-P-O-A-K. V-I-L-L-E dot com. And we'll be happy to work with you to make sure that your staff gets the training that uh, that uh, they need, particularly as they go out into this post-COVID-19 marketplace and begin to interact with employers. You know, on the last few uh, podcasts, we've been talking about myths in the industry. We've talked about the myth of job readiness, you know, that uh, the myth says you have to be job ready to go to work when, in fact, we know that the vast majority of people out there that are working today, all the research suggests that they got their jobs because they happen to be at the right place at the right time uh, with an adequate set of skills, that the vast majority of people working today got their jobs, not because they were the most qualified for the job, but rather because of timing. And so, you know, uh, we need to understand within our structures, our service delivery models, how do we capitalize on the employer's timing? Uh, We talked briefly about another myth, which says, you know, when you're dealing with individuals with more barriers to employment, that the greater the barrier to employment, the more time you have to spend developing the job seeker, increasing their competencies. And what we'd say is the exact opposite, is that the more barriers the individual has to employment, the more time you have to spend influencing the employer's perception of those barriers. Because in most cases, or many cases, you're not going to have within your service delivery structure uh, something that will mitigate that barrier, that will eliminate that barrier to the point that the employer will feel comfortable uh, in hiring the job seeker outside of someone actually influencing the employer's perceptions of that individual and their barrier. And when we use the term barrier, as we've mentioned in many cases, we what we mean is a barrier as perceived by an employer. So that's what I mean when I use the term barrier. It's when the, the employer perceives it as a barrier. Because to me personally, the only thing that is a barrier to employment is the lack of willingness to go to work. Outside of that, uh, other things like a, 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 you know disability or being an ex-offender or a long-term social assistance recipient or having poor skills or bad personal hygiene, while those things might make it more difficult, it does not, in fact, exclude someone from the labor market. But to me, what is a barrier to employment is the fact that someone just says to you, I just simply don't want to go to work. Now, having said all of that, I recognize that to an employer, from the employer's perspective, the fact that an individual has poor skills or poor hygiene or has a disability or has you know, been involved with the justice system or, you know, has, you know, large uh, extended, uh, you know, periods of unemployment in their history, that those, you know, to an employer can be barriers. And so we have to mitigate those and we have to influence the employer's perceptions by spending more time with the employer. Now, today, 
I want to talk to you about something. I mean, I hear all the time. I mean, folks say to me all the time, you know, Bill, you talk about, you know, getting folks jobs, getting folks jobs, getting folks jobs. And what about um, keeping jobs? You know, folks keeping jobs. Well, I mean, you you cannot keep a job, in the, you know, unless you have a job. And so. So that's number one. But let, let's talk a little bit about that because there's a number of myths uh, that circulate that uh, I think contribute to the difficulties here. So, uh, so folks will say to me, listen, you know, keeping the job becomes very important. You know, I don't want to send somebody out there that is going to, you know, not do well on the job. And this way I'm going to lose the employer. And you talk about employer relationships and you know, if we send out the wrong person to the job, they're going to lose the job and we're going to lose the employer. So let's talk about both of those issues. Sending, make, you know, sending out the wrong, you know, what happens when you send the wrong person out to the employer? And uh, what is the issue of uh, job retention and keeping the job? So let's, I'm going to take them out of order because I'm going to do with the deal with the job retention one first. You know, in my experience over 20 some odd years doing this, um, the number one factor that contributes to job retention, the job seeker staying on the job, is does the job seeker like the job? And consequently, does the employer like the job seeker? You know, if the job seeker likes the job, it is amazing how therapeutic work can become and some of these problematic behaviors that you know, they have been manifesting throughout their interactions with you, all of a sudden cease to exist on the job because they like the job. They like the employer. The, the, then on the other hand, you have, if the employer likes the job seeker, it, again, it is incredible to see how much they will tolerate, how much they will accept because they happen to like the job seeker. And so for me, that's the number one factor that I've observed in you know dealing with hundreds of employers and thousands of job seekers um, is does the job seeker like the employer and does the employer like the job seeker? Now, I'm not going to suggest to you that's the only factor that you know that is in, comes into play for job retention, but it is the main factor. It is the number one, way above everything else. And, uh, but, you know, if you're concerned about putting out the wrong person, then, you know, test, test them out, test them out on the job, uh, do a situational assessment, a job, you know, a, a job trial, something that allows you to see the individual on the job site before you make that final decision or the employer makes the final decision. Now, what happens if you do, you know, send out the wrong person to the job and the, and, and, it doesn't work out. Do you, in fact, lose the employer? Well, I know that's a concern of many people. And so they tell me, no, I'm only going to put out people that I'm confident in and, you know, that I'm sure going to do well on the job. Well, if that's the case for you, then, you know, your pool of potential job seekers goes from goes down to almost nothing because we're dealing with people and people are unpredictable. And for the most part, you have not seen them in a work setting. And so the work setting tends to uh, be a catalyst for all kinds of different behaviors. And so every person we put out, there's some element of doubt. And so, you know, uh, folks will say, no, I'm not, I'm not about to jeopardize my relationship with the employers by putting somebody out there that, that, that I don't know. And do you in fact lose that employer when you put out the wrong person? 
Well, again, here's what my experience has taught me. My experience has taught me that sending the wrong person, referring the wrong person to the employer does not, does not automatically sever the relationship with the employer. I mean, after all, you made a recommendation based on your assessment that the individual would be at least a maybe, and the employer made the hiring decision. The employer saw them, interviewed them, or even tried them out and felt that they would be suitable. But like I said, there is all kinds of variables that come into play once the individual gets on the job site that may in fact manifest themselves and make it you know, challenging, if not, you know, impossible for them to stay. That just happens. So here is the issue for me. The issue is not that we send out the wrong person on the job. That, to me, does not destroy the relationship. The issue to me is, how do you, as an individual or an organization, respond when that employer tells you it's the wrong person? That becomes the key. You see, when the employer reaches out to you and says, I think we have a problem here, how you respond now will determine if that employer will ever do business with with you again. You know, um, that becomes the key. And so when you hear from the employer, we have a problem here, you cannot ignore that. You cannot set that aside. You have to respond to the employer. It may mean moving that individual off that job, but at least you've learned something more about them by seeing them in that work setting. But how you respond to when the employer tells you, hey, we have a problem here, will determine whether or not you ever lose, you are able to use that employer again, whether you lose that employer. And so be attentive to that. Don't be so worried about putting out the wrong person. Be more concerned about responding quickly and appropriately when the employer tells you we have a problem here. Well, that's it for this episode. Hey, join us again next time, empoakville.com. Check out our Zoom training options. We'll see you back here again.